Graduating college felt like that moment you look down the bottom of a roller coaster before you drop. You have a projected path of where you're going and what it'll feel like, and you're terrified to jump down, and you know that drop is inevitable. But it's still scary. Arguably scarier for that reason. Those three months post-graduation felt like the drop all happening in slow motion. Even more so for someone with a philosophy degree, and I thought, well, what next? Where am I going to go from here? And am I going to go anywhere from here? And at this point, I didn't know about hypnotherapy. I just knew I wanted to be a life coach. But that feeling of purgatory, let's call it, still terrified me. Am I going to make it to where I want to go? Do I know what that means? Am I going to make my academic life and that chapter of my life worth it? Am I going to do what will make my life worthwhile? And thankfully, my mother, the therapist, knew I was a bookworm. And so she recommended some books for me that she usually recommends to clients that I still have in my library to this day. And those books were The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon and Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. And I would recommend these books to you if you are a bookworm. And both of these books were absolutely powerful in helping me develop, build some good personal skills, and have at least some level of confidence of where I wanted to go. But there was one book that my mom had recommended to me about three years prior that I hadn't gone around to until then. One book that I was very curious about, but waited until it was the right time, where I felt it would impact me the most, and because of that, it became my favorite nonfiction book of all time. Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. This book was really the first one that I read that mixed the more fantasy-based, whimsical, law of attraction, and spiritual health you hear in a crystal shop with scientific data and the most accurate experiments as possible. And there was one piece in particular that caught my eye. A meditation that Dispenza had made that seemed like the perfect blend of spiritual and scientific, which was right up my alley. Borealis Entertainment presents Get Lost So You Can Find Your Way Home, a podcast memoir by M.K. Lott. Chapter 5, The New Potentials, Part 1. I never really had much history with meditation up until then, but that's only because I didn't call it meditation. I called it prayer. Prayer and meditation from the perspective of brainwaves cause very similar, if not the same, results. I found an interest in it in high school, mainly through Enya and peaceful tunes, and that interest matured into a love in college. I explored the usual suspects that are typically in this field, like the app's calm and headspace and guided meditation videos on YouTube and that list just goes on and on. But more often than not, you find that things get generic and formulaic very, very quickly. I'm the kind of person that has to be surprised every once in a while, right? Because once I feel like it's been used enough, I can start to predict what'll happen next. And that ultimately turns into focusing on the form and not the actual benefits of the meditation. 
At that point, all the benefit those have is the relaxing aspect, and it just helps me fall asleep and nothing else. But this meditation that I found in this book was a little unique. What really drew me to it in Becoming Supernatural were the testimonials that came with it. People would constantly visualize things in this meditation and they would become a reality in surprisingly less time than they were expecting. Dispenza's official prescription was a month, I believe, I think 30 days, and the results will appear and speak for themselves. This has consisted of everything from finding a better fitting job, to romance, to money, to physical health increasing. There are a lot of avenues for what is known as Tuning Into New Potentials by Joe Dispenza. Now, some quick background about him. Joe Dispenza is a chiropractor based in Oregon who has made it his life goal to, in order to quote the about section on his website, <clears throat> demystify the mystical so that people have all the tools within their reach to make measurable changes in their lives. I didn't know that until I read his about page for this article, but I now realize that Joe Dispenza and I have very similar mission statements for life, which is probably why I gravitated towards him so much. And I think I subconsciously based my mission statement around his because I realized that it was possible through him. We both believe that there is some sort of benefit and value for the mystical. Because the way I see it, if it's lasted this long through history, across almost every, if not every, culture in the world, there has to be something to it. But we live in a time where we can back things up with empirical and proven data, and I think we need to use that to explain the things that worked when we didn't have the tools to explain them. And at this point in our history as a species, this is the perfect time to do that. Because the technology and the tools that we're using is only getting better. But I think the ways that we go about it are different. Joe Dispenza is more focused on the scientific aspect, as he's got a bachelor's and a PhD in chiropractic medicine, and he's studied neuroscience, epigenetics, mind-body medicine, brain-heart coherence, and that's not even the full list of stuff that he's done. And for those few that are claiming that he's a false guru who doesn't have a PhD or specifically a PhD in neuroscience, that's the reality of working in a field but having the title of PhD. Just because you do something doesn't mean you have your PhD in that thing. Something that I learned while studying hypnotherapy, oddly enough. It's just strongly advised not to use it for the sake of false advertising, or allegedly false advertising. Now, his PhD is legitimate. Let's not, let's not ignore that. But it just so happens to be in chiropractic medicine and not neuroscience, even though he has extensive knowledge in that category. And then there's me where I like to focus in my spare time more on the artistic aspect. So things like stories, design, creativity in general, and perceptions of reality, which I know isn't that artistic. But I do admit, if I had to go back to school to get a master's degree, it would probably be in either mythology or neuroscience. And if I had the money, I would do both. It's also why I tend to enjoy his meditations more than most meditations out there. It's a mystical experience backed and designed by science. And in my mind, that's a perfect marriage. So what is it and how does it work? Tuning into new potentials is a 45 minute guided meditation where he helps you do a full body scan to help you relax 
and then you use the idea of quantum tunneling to channel into other potential versions of yourself. Normally, that's where a lot of people would tune out. As soon as they hear quantum, they think, okay, well, that's that's the shit they used in Avengers Endgame, so like that's clearly not a thing. But this is what attracted it to me so much from the perspective of a hypnotherapist. A hypnotic trance is no different than a meditative state. So when you're directed to imagine a potential state, your subconscious absorbs that like a sponge and starts to believe that this is the way to go. This is where the roller coaster is going to take me. And it's how people, for example, have been able to heal. They feed better health into their subconscious, so the brain starts believing it and making it a reality. Now, that's the best I can do without making it sound drier than gin, but here we are. And for those who are curious, quantum tunneling is essentially the theory that you can bring yourself into such a state to where you can channel or tunnel yourself into another version of yourself that exists and mimic the information that you find to the point where your cells or your molecules will change. Now, I'm not a complete pro on quantum physics. That's just what I've noticed with what I found. And while I had received it as a recommendation to me years before I read it, there was never a better time than when I arguably had the most opportunity available in my life. So, while my parents were at work and my siblings were at school, I would lie in my bed and listen to the meditation just take me to who the hell knew where. I won't explain the meditation because I think it's worth the price and your time. I'll leave a link in the show notes, but I'll break down my goals and the process of what happened over the course of a few months in this episode and next week's episode. Because my sleep schedule and I are really digging this two-part episode format. So, let me know if you dig it. If not, tell me that too. I'll just bottle my rage and be polite in my response. I'm just kidding. I'm a therapist. I haven't felt rage and other human emotions since I started therapy. But the meditation starts with Dispensa guiding you through the main chakras. Specifically, the heart chakra, the throat chakra, and the third eye chakra. Just to bring your attention to them. And as a result, you start to slow your body down, so it has the ability to slow your brainwaves down too. And in my mind, at this point, I was falling down the usual rabbit holes. Just patiently waiting for something magical to happen. And I'm sure you know the feeling too. It's the feeling you get when you're on the plane, but it hasn't taken off yet. Like, you know you don't have to worry about anything else, but you're still kind of like anxious to get the trip going and be like, hey, well, when are we, when is it happening? And, you know, I wasn't expecting anything exciting. I mean, it was a meditation. I was just going through the motions, so to speak, and taking notes of what was helpful and what wasn't. So I would just kind of hear my own voice thinking, ooh, he emphasized space. Interesting choice. This is some pretty good music. He's kind of loud for a meditation guide. Mom has good taste in blankets. I should tell her. And that was me just slowly getting into it. And then, and a lot of meditation guides don't do this, but Dispenza stopped talking. And he stopped talking for a long time. And I was kind of just on my own. 
I didn't have anywhere else to be. I didn't have anyone else getting me, so I just kept sinking. And it only made me keep going deeper and deeper from there. Because all I had was the music. So, in hypnosis, really what it is, is a sense of hyper-focus. So when you're in that hyper-focus, as long as you focus on that one thing, you just start to sink deeper and deeper. So because all I had was the music, and I was already in a hyper-focused state because of Joe Dispenza's suggestions, the music was just sinking me further and further and further because of how I was conditioned in that moment. And I was finally at the point where I was in such a deep state that I started seeing splotches of color here and there, just scattered all over the place. Now, I had some natural light coming in. I just got to confront the elephant in the room. I wasn't tripping or anything like that, even though he does kind of help you activate your pineal gland, which produces DMT, which is that hallucinogenic chemical, I would say, that you hear a lot, especially in conversations about ayahuasca. But I had already kind of seen this natural light come in, like right behind my eyelids. I knew it was there, and that's, you know, that was one of the things that kind of helped set the mood. But what I realized was when I was going into that deeper state, the light in that started adjusting and started changing. It wasn't like somebody was changing the curtains or, you know, moving, like changing the brightness. It wasn't anything like that. It was more like they were starting to form shapes and changing the actual hue of the light that was coming in through my eyelids. And at this point, and this is a really good sign of a deep state, I couldn't feel the bed I was lying under. I couldn't hear anything else outside. I was just here with all of these colors. And that's when I heard Joe Dispenza come back and say, now, what was that first potential? That first potential is where we'll pick up in next week's episode. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Get Lost So You Can Find Your Way Home. I hope this episode leaves you better than it found you. And if you'd like to receive the services of a hypnotherapist, or, and I'm being serious, if you like this new two-episode format, or if you want to go back to the original one-episode formats, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at mklotprohobbyist, and I would love to help in any way I can, within the scope of my practice, of course. And I would love to help make this podcast better and better and just have it grow and grow over time. Thank you as always. Genuinely, thank you as always. And until next time, here's to finding your way.